0: Much like your family during every holiday of 2020, this opening joke is phoned in. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining a Long Walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Pavich. You can find this podcast and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Every single day we go live on Instagram at Rudy underscore Pavich. What's up, Olina? What's up, Scooter? What's up, Kelly? Hello, Nicole, Scott, Matt. Thank you guys every single day for being around. 9.45 a.m. Central Time to join us here live on a Long Walk to Cleveland. (laughs) As for you. What's up, Steve? Lisa? How is everybody today? Uh, first off, um, just about ready to get into the weekend. I was out last night, stopped by a uh, local establishment. It was beautiful here yesterday. I wanted to throw down on a couple of outdoor beverages. Brought my dog with me, my bulldog, Paul. And a couple of things that happened. Number one, I had made a comment while walking in that I guarantee the dog gets service before the adults do. That is just where we're at with people. What's up, Archer? Saying hello. Hello, Carrie. How are you? Um, That's just where we're at. We care more about the animals than we do the humans, which is great. I think that we have just run out of problems. We have, we spend so much time caring about other people uh, and other things, and we do our own selves, you know? And I, I I truly do believe. I know I've said it before, but I really do believe it that if you are taking much better care of your pets than you are yourself, it's because you're broken inside. You take care of those things because if you can get them healthy and if you can keep them alive, it makes you feel better, when really what you should be doing is working on you on the inside. That feels like it feels like a no-brainer, a slam dunk. So we got all these people that are taking anxiety medications and they're taking antidepressants. I guarantee, I don't have specific data on it, but I bet in the 70 percentile of those people they all have animals and they all treat those animals much better than they do themselves or anybody in their in their lives. Guaranteed. So yeah, so yesterday I made the comment like, uh, you watch any second now people are going to be walking up with a bowl of water for this dog, much before anybody else could get a beer, before you could get a drink. And sure as shit. Within minutes of us sitting down at a table lady walked over with a bowl of water and went here you go it's for the pooch i was like there you did That's the- look at that you did not disappoint me ma'am <laughs> but like i said it's a good place to be in life is it not it feels like a, a a place where we are in society that we can spend more time worrying about the things that can't take care of themselves because we are so taken care of you walk over to the sink you turn the water on water comes out of the faucet you turn the little switch on the wall, electricity turns on, boom, the room is lit. There's no, like, having to light candles or walk down to the well. We're all fine. We've gotten to a spot in life now where everybody feels good. What's up, Char? What up, Jimmy Norder? Hello, Tanya. Haha, water for the dog. Dang it anyway. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like to have a hydrated dog. That's probably where they, they feel the best. That's where they're at their peak. But let's not forget, the dog does not have the credit card. I'm the dude who's going to be pulling out the wallet to tip you. So grab me my beer, and you're more than welcome to give my dog some water. But at some point, serve the humans first. Then we'll get to the dogs. They're going to be just fine. I can't imagine, you know, back in the late 1800s, people were like, Hey, listen, I mean, I really do want to serve you guys this vegetable medley that took us six months to grow. But is your dog hydrated enough? they feeling good? Uh, let's see. Uh, Got to hydrate the owners as well. That's right, Tanya. You do. Uh, let's see. Steve says, so you're going to talk about the Krabby Rogers and the pack? No tears from this Vikes fan. Uh, yeah, you know what? Um, as, a, uh, as a guy who grew up a Vikings fan, moved to Wisconsin, became a Packers fan, I dig both sides, you know. Uh, more so a Packers fan because those people party hard. They do. Let's just be honest. They really... <laughs> I wish it was the case. I wish I grew up uh, with a family that loved to go tailgating and watch the uh, the Purple Pride. But they didn't. Uh, I had a ex-step grandfather who was a uh, rageaholic who one time, because the Vikings blew a lead in the fourth quarter and lost the game, chopped up his entire kitchen, the cupboards, and the countertops with a butcher knife. Now imagine being 11 years old and watching an adult freak out. And we got back in the, in the car and started driving home. It was very quiet. And my mother had then asked my stepdad, how much money did your dad lose during the game? And he went, ooh, no. No, he wasn't betting. Like he was, you were just that mad that the Vikings lost the game? You chopped up the entire kitchen with a butcher knife? You had no money on the line and you just completely chopped it up? Matt says, uh, love our beer and cheese curds, go pack, go. Yeah, dude, you know what I'm saying? I wish more people had um, uh, that ability to be able to go back and forth. Because if you think about it, if somebody is drowning in an ocean and they got their hands sticking up out of the the water, old school Hanna-Barbera cartoon style, and they got the one, the two, the three, would you just let them go down to the bottom of Davy Jones's locker if they were a Packers fan? No, you'd be a good human. You'd reach down, you'd pick them up. So why do we go out to the parking lot after a Sunday afternoon NFL match and beat the shit out of one another? I don't understand that. (laughs) I just, I don't get it. So I like, I'm much like um, uh, Bruce Lee. Much like where he says, hey, be water. You can form to the bowl. You can form to the cup. Whatever water is in, that is what it forms to. Be that. I just happen to like the Packers a little bit more. So, uh, plus, right now, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, we could get a lot for him. We could get some decent picks. We could get a couple of decent players, open up a little bit of cap. There might not be a lot of years left on those treads. So, just saying. Let's see. Char, hey, I love the beer and cheese curds, but I bleed purple. Nothing wrong with that. I'm still going to have a beer with you. But, yeah, but but there's always, like, a few players here and there that you should, you know, just because they don't play for your team. I mean, you choose a fantasy football team, and you you choose players from other teams, do you not? Like, it's okay to have favorites. You know, I like Russell Wilson. I hate it when he beats the Vikings. I hate it when he beats the Packers. You can have all those things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I did take a little bit of shit yesterday because I was rocking the backwards hat. Which I thought maybe I would have left back in 1993, but apparently it's still going strong. Because usually if I have a hat on, every now and again, I didn't realize this till just the other day, that for the most part, the hat is always facing forward. Because I'm not 12 anymore. But uh, when we get into the studio, the way the lights are for us to do the Instagram live, we gotta, i got to turn my hat around. 'Cause if not I get no light on my face and it just completely just it looks like it's just all dark underneath there. Like you can't see anything. There's no expression. Especially with the beard right now, you know? I basically look like um uh, like one of those like faceless guys from Dick Tracy, you know, just a trench coat and a just an abyss <laughs> where their head used to be. But uh, somebody was like, hey, man, like, maybe you should turn the hat around. I was like, well, hey, maybe you should figure out how to do something with this lighting, and maybe I wouldn't have to. But it did bring up a, uh, a point that I wanted to make, and maybe it's why I'm still single. Why I'm single responses from you guys. They
1: say, I was on my lunch break with one of my colleagues who I had a crush on. In the middle of our conversation, he raised his hand, and I went in for a high five. Turns out he was just waving to his friend who had walked into the room. This Uh-oh. one's from at Jillian Knott. She says, My date pronounced the L in salmon. And I said out loud, Well, you're not the one. <laughs> this one's from <laughs> Caitlin Carrick, M. She says, I'm single because I get mad at people in real life for things they did in my dreams. <laughs> this one's from Rosie. She says, I tried flirting with a guy by saying his smile is great. He says he gets it from his mom. I replied, Your mom must be hot then. <laughs> Cindiana J. She says, I'm single because I take my superhero action figures to the theater for Marvel and DC movies so they can watch themselves on the big screen. <laughs> 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 this last one's from Interlude J. He says, I prefer to eat SpaghettiOs cold right out of the can. Oh,
0: God. It's pretty bad, yeah. If you were to get la- that last one, it would just be from at Rudy underscore uh, I'm single because uh, I have fear of intimacy, and anytime I get close to someone, the fear of rejection becomes too much to handle. Also, my last girlfriend, we watched... Chasing Amy together and she said it wasn't that good you can't be with somebody who doesn't like that movie come on basically brought up my entire 20s a lot of like silly reasons as to why it is that we choose not to be with anybody nowadays more and more people I think it was on CBS Sunday morning and said like this was the first year that there were less than 50% of the weddings that had happened the previous year because nobody wants to shack up with anybody anymore We're kind of getting to that point where, um... We're just figuring it out that it's easier to just be alone. And we're so connected with with everybody. We've talked so much about, like, we're losing the art of connection. We've never been more connected. We do it through Instagram. We do it through social media. We do it through text, phone, whatever it might be. That's how we do it nowadays. This is our new connection. This is how we stay involved. I mean, back then, like you, seriously, you had to put your goddamn shoes on and you know go be social. And now the social just comes to you. We're we're bringing the mountain to Muhammad now. So I understand that more and more people are like, it, it's it's tough, it's difficult. Just go out and do your own thing. I get it. You know, I'll go do I'll go do a, a night of comedy sometimes. And at the end of the night, I can definitely tell who has kids and who doesn't. Because everybody who has kids is standing in the lobby. And they're all looking at their watch going, dude, I got, I'm, and they're pulling that move where you're like, oh, listen, I'm really sorry, but I got to hit the road because I got my kid and I got to be up in the morning and blah, blah, blah. But the comics that are like 22 years old, those dudes are standing in the lobby and they're like, I'm, listen, man, I'm just going to butt ready to pour my first drink. We're going all night. So I get it. It's, it's tough. Relationships are difficult nowadays. And especially for how ubiquitous and how easy it is to get into one. I mean, we're hopping in and out of relationships constantly nowadays. Sometimes people will say, I have to go meet my girlfriend, and in my mind, I will get a picture of their girlfriend, and it will be a different person than they are going to go meet. Because we, it's, we're switching so fast, you know, the way Match.com and with the Tinder and the Bumble, and it's it's so quick. Plus, you don't have to try to make anything. Back in the day, we used to take a pair of old shoes, and somebody would cobble them, and then... If, you needed to be, if they needed to be fixed, you would just bring them on by and somebody would fix them. Nowadays, we just take the shoes, we throw them out, we run to Target, we buy another pair for $7. That's what we are doing with relationships. Nobody cares. Nobody tries to make it work because the next relationship is so easy. Plus, that endorphin rush that we get from having a new love. You know what it's like, especially for people that have been married for a long time? When you're with somebody, those first couple of months are bliss. And then the last, like, you know, <laughs> the last 18 months you guys are together, it's like, how did I end up hating you? You used to be somebody that I loved, and now I can't stand the sight of your face. I just want to kick it right off your neck. You're an awful human being. I can't believe I ever loved you. <laughs> how can you not like freaking Chasing Amy? That movie is great. But... um but yeah, it, uh, it really does start to beg the point of uh, we got to start becoming more and more tolerant of our significant other's shortcomings. Because we shit can people really fast for the dumbest reasons, you know? And it's one thing to do it when you're like 23. I get it. You date somebody and, you know, you look at a guy and go, eh, his head's a little too small for his body. His shoulders are a little too wide, you know? He's got a little bit of rust on the back of his Geo Metro. Yeah, I get it. You don't want to be with a guy like that when you're 23. I don't know, when you're 37 and things start, like, you know, kind of settling down for you and all the chemicals you got running through your brain start wearing off. Maybe it's time to look at somebody and go, hmm. It's okay if you have some of these things that I don't picture in my perfect other. It's all right why i don't date i'm not ready to do that yet i mean i know i'm preaching about it but i did have somebody hit me up the other day and say hey i got a friend who's perfect for you and i was like hey nah because right now i feel like the you know the hourglass there's sand running out man it feels like just a waste of time at this point point. plus i like those old stories i like the old story about how you're walking through the grocery store and you reach for a cucumber and then the person that you end up marrying, they also reached for the cucumber, and you guys hit hands, and you're like, No, you grab the cucumber. And then she's like, No, you grab the cucumber. And then you guys have a big laugh. And then, you know, maybe a swashbuckle sword fight with the cucumbers. I'm just saying, I don't know how these stories all pan out for you. It might be different, but I'm saying, like, I like those old stories. Those are great. And nowadays it's like, well, well, dad, how'd you meet mom? Uh, I was on a date and uh, it wasn't really going well, so I hopped on Tinder real quick and then swiped right on your mom and then met her later that night and then we banged on the first date and then about nine months later, you were born. Not really a great story. Remember when nurses used to nurse soldiers back from the brink of death after war and then those people got hitched? Like, fuck, that's a great story! Nowadays, it's like, I don't know, I got on Match.com. We went out a couple of times, ended up going to the Katy Perry concert. Your mom got too drunk. I took her home. We slept together a couple of times, and then, boom, next thing you know, you're here. Not a great story. No. Nothing to it. I don't know. I do feel um, like a, uh, uh, I feel like at some point you do have to make the transition of either you're going to keep trying for relationships Or you got to start working on yourself. And trying for relationships won't fix you, but fixing you will definitely help you out in relationships down the road. So uh, I also want to leave you with this. And I don't want to bring anybody down on a Friday, but uh, I just found out about this last night. Uh, I made a post on my my Facebook page about a a friend of mine who I've known for—I started kind of doing the math now— and uh, we're going on just over 13 years. And uh, she's a uh, a woman by the name of Jamie Holm. She's a local Minneapolis musician, has been around for quite some time uh, with uh, the music scene here. Her and her brother, Chris. Chris Holm is f- a phenomenal musician in his own right. And these two have... Such a bond as brother and sister and they make beautiful music together. This is one of Jamie's last singles. I'll play it for you here. You can hear it. This is one of the singles she recently put out uh, in 2020 called Loaded Gun. Hush, little girl, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy
1: you a clock that works, but she's just buying time.
0: And as you can hear from her don't voice, she sings like a again. goddamn Disney princess. She's probably one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met. On Facebook I had written, I believe, let me go back and find it since I have it here in front of me. I always screw these words up when I try to go off the top of my head. Jamie Holm is the epitome of class. A beautiful voice, a doting mother. If we could keep a running number of the smiles we put on people's faces, Jamie would be the undisputed champion. Thinking of you, my friend, Jamie was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. I believe it happened, I want to say, just over a year ago. And kind of been back and forth with her battle with cancer. And every now and again, I would see her online. I would drop her a line. We would chat. Uh, just before Christmas had hit, she sent me a message. Her and her brother put out a, uh, like a, a Christmas song that was, um, uh, I believe it was called, what was this thing called? It was called Grandma's Two Small Pajamas. And it was kind of a funny take on a, a funny Christmas gift that I believe was like a family story that those two had, and it was it was delightful, and it was one of the last conversations that I had had with Jamie, where I said, "Hey, uh, you know, this is great catching up a little bit." She asked for my address, I gave it to her. She had sent me a Christmas card, and when I got it in the mail, it damn near brought me to tears. She was a, or she is still, I don't want to say was, but she is, she is a, a, a a talented musician and an amazing person. Her and I worked together at 93X, uh, the rock radio station here in town back in, it must have been like 2009 or 10. I had already known Jamie for about a year or two from just us kind of being around the music scene and having some mutual friends. And I would see. I think the first time I had met her was at the at Seventh Street Entry at First Avenue. It was either there, or the Fine Line, one of the two. I just I remember. I just remember uh, having a a really nice conversation with somebody who sometimes in like these cliques, especially with scenes. You have the music scene. You have the the comedy scene. You have the film scene. It's hard sometimes to be able to break some of these barriers down with people. And I'm lucky enough to kind of. Much like in high school, I never really had like a group of set friends that only did one thing. Like I could hang with the jocks, I could hang with the stoner kids, I could hang with, you know, the the smart kids. It wasn't a big deal, and I've kind of done that a little bit in my adult life too. And I feel it's like that's a really good place to be. It's not just one thing; like you're being fulfilled by all these different things. And and with Jamie, Jamie never really had. Like a, ah, you can't be here type of vibe with anybody. She was always very giving and always um, with a smile on her face. And easily the quietest, coolest kid in the room. And you didn't know it because she was, there was a kind of a mousiness to her. I don't want to say was, I keep saying was, and that makes me depressed when I say that. There is kind of a quiet, quiet mousiness to her. And it is, uh, it's is—it's really hard to watch what is going on with her. There's a uh, GoFundMe page that was put up. It was actually a while ago. It's still up. I, I shared it on my Twitter. I shared it on my Facebook. Um, she is, uh, there was somebody, I don't know who did this. They made the donation anonymously. And wow, it just blows away. Any and all expectations, but somebody made a $20,000 anonymous donation to her. Could you imagine having the means and then also on top of it, the generosity to do something like that? That's pretty cool. That's the that's the best of humanity. That's where we slide into home with us being human. That is us. Oh, man, like... I was sitting at the computer last night, kind of just reading what people had posted. There's not a lot of information as to what exactly is going on right now, and I know her brother Chris has posted a little bit. Uh, Jamie is, um, you know, incapable of speaking, and he wrote this like really beautiful post that said Jamie is incapable of speaking right now, but she can still talk to you in music. And he had shared some of her songs, and uh, I had uh, I just kind of reached out to Chris and said, "Hey, I know you and I don't really necessarily know each other, but." Uh, we've met before, just through some mutual friends, and and when I I always wa- I want to make sure that I preface it because every time that I say something about this, when somebody's going through something like this, no, no matter how close we are, I always say acquaintance. And I don't know if that's good or bad, and the reason why I say that is because for the most part, you're going to have people in your life that come and go, and. They are going to know people much more intimately than they're going to know you. And there's going to be friends of theirs. And I always feel like I am intruding on their friendship if I say a friend. So I always say acquaintance. And I don't know, maybe if you asked Jamie, she would tell you, like, no, we're definitely past the acquaintance point, we're friends. But it feels—I feel like people have such deeper relationships outside of the ones that we have. You know, when somebody this goes right back to my—if you're at a funeral and the family is not crying, you are not allowed to cry. Okay. <laughs> if the person who's going through stage four cancer calls you acquaintance, you're an acquaintance. You're not a friend. All right. So until Jamie gives me the, the thumbs up, which I imagine that she would, because she's a peach of a lady. She, uh, she has a one-year-old that is the apple of her eye. And you can see it in all the photos that she posts, and you can see it in her face. I ran into them. I think it was might have been Mall of America. This wasn't that long ago. And you could see it. You could see that she was ready to go into this next phase of life of being a mom. Because it is such a juxtaposition, from being in bands, one of the things I had read about her band, Sick of Sarah, which is the band that uh, she's probably most known for. But the uh, the thing I read about it, and I was just like, I was so blown away. She entered the band in 2008, and then later that same year, the band was chosen as the best emerging artist at Summerfest. Which, if you've never been to Milwaukee Summerfest, that place is unbelievable. And one night in Summerfest, I saw The Darkness, I saw Seether, I saw Prince, I saw Muddy Waters. (laughs) And that's just you walking around the park. There's thousands of bands that play it. To be named the best emerging band out of Summerfest in 2008, man, that's no, you know, that's no small feat. They're good. Their music is great. Her music, individually, is really good. And the reason why I bring it up is... um, it uh it sounds like these these might be Jamie's last days. And she's a uh, I think maybe the thing that I will remember the most about Jamie and I pray to God that I'm just saying this now like like it doesn't happen that she pulls out of it. I think the thing that I will remember most is one night uh I was out with some friends and and I say friends, I mean like good friends. People I've known for a long time. And we ran into her at, uh, at First Ave during a show. And while we were there, I, I, I just got lost in conversation with her for, I must have been damn near an hour and a half. And when we left that night, uh, I just kind of remember having a thought of, <sighs> I wish I would have, and, and nothing wrong with the people I was with or the friends I have now. But I just kind of remember having a thought of, man, I wish I would have hung out more with people who had that big a heart. You know? And I'm not a big prayer guy. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a, not a generally a believer, a little more agnostic. But if there is a time to have a higher power, if there is a time to maybe think outside of what we have here on Earth, I'm always kind of on the fence about it. It can't hurt. You know, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the prayers and the uh, thoughts and prayers that we get from politicians after a shooting, but uh, but I always think it it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. So the GoFundMe page is on my Facebook page. It's also on my Twitter as well. So if uh, if you get a chance and uh, the story kind of strikes you a little bit, I uh, encourage you to not only maybe give a couple of dollars, but to uh, today at some point pull out your phone hop on spotify and listen to some uh some she went by Jamie Strange a lot of it a lot of the solo stuff that she did but uh listen to some of that listen to some of sicka of just know that there was a, a beautiful soul who put out some beautiful music and she did it not only uh to the best of her ability which was huh, so good but uh she was very dedicated to that craft and it's tough to find people like that nowadays. So I'm hoping that these aren't going to be her final days, but if they are, um, she's lived, a, uh, she's lived a, a hell of a life and will leave a very nice and remembered legacy. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. You can find us every single day on Instagram, at Rudy underscore Povich. And once again, thank you guys so much. It really is appreciated. Thank you so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland.